All right, welcome everybody uh, to another agent of the Stoic Asian Podcast. My name is Alex Haig, obviously your host, and I have a, a great guest here on. Her name is Leah Slocum, and uh, Leah and I have a kind of a, a, a kindred spirit here in charity, and we'll dig into that a little bit later on the podcast. That welcome to the podcast, and why don't you tell people a little bit about kind of who you are and and you know what brought you here? Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me, Alex. Um... You know, I appreciate the invite. Kind of, uh, I own a real estate team. I have a partner um, called the Peak uh, Partners Team, and we're in uh, upstate New York, kind of Albany area. A lot of people might consider upstate to be Buffalo. We're five hours from Buffalo, but two and a half hours from New York City. So, and our team is actually based on charitable giving and giving back into the community. Awesome, awesome. Well, I know the Stoics love that. You know, one of my one of my favorite Stoics was Marcus Aurelius, and he was like one of the last great emperors of Rome, and he really was, a, you know, an emperor of the people. And it sounds like you know you have a, a team of the people there. So, you know, let's dig into that a little bit. Uh, you know, what do you think? You know, what is? Do you think that's something that kind of connects us all, like that giving back or or kind of serving a higher purpose? so i mean i know for myself and all of the agents and people on our team it gives us drive to do a little bit more um we know that we're actually working towards something that's bigger than just selling a house or making money or you know helping others as well uh it gives us it gives a lot of people drive in a business where burnout is very easy um but they can go that extra just because they know there's a yeah do you, so what's what's the um I, I think you I think you give to a couple different organizations or do you have a specific organization you got? Um we give to quite a few. Um we actually have a community give back festival. We have our own 501c3. It's called the Peak Giving Tree, and we're transitioning it into the Capital Region Giving Tree, actually, to cover our whole area. And it's really meant for people that it's smaller organizations that need a little lift or individuals that might need a little lift. We just had a family that had a, a daughter with Down syndrome, actually, but she also has cancer. So we sent them a check to kind of help with some of that. You know, she did it at the hospital, some travel expenses, just ancillary stuff that wasn't deemed. They didn't have to use it in one way or another. It's really just to kind of release some of the burden for the family. So, but I, I personally sit on the board of Make-A-Wish. Um, I've sat on the board for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Um, as well as our place organization that I've been brought, I sit down there. It's called Giving Place. Mm, awesome. You know, my dad uh, gave a lot to make a wish, and you know, I'd think about those people. And one of the one of the, the cardinal virtues, I guess, of of stoicism is courage. Mm-hmm. And you know, you see these little kids that you know are going through brain surgery and trauma and cancer and that kind of thing. Does that, do you look at those kind of people as having maybe a little more courage than some of us adults who think that, you know, we're out there storming and taking over the world and building empires? And do you think there's actually more courage in, in those children? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, if you meet a kid that's kind of has cancer or going through that difficult time, look, that kid has no problem, has more courage, looks out for the, it's easy. And uh, one of the things I love about my kids is that they give and they cover all different diseases and hardships and different stuff it's not just sector um, i actually my niece was the recipient of a wish and she included me so i got to experience a wish then became a board member and a wish 
cool. What what did you guys do? We went to Disney. So as she called it Mickey World and did the whole Disney experience. It was uh, quite interesting. But it the place that you stay in Disney, it, I don't know if you're familiar with Give Kids the World in Florida. No. It's actually its own uh, compound. It's it just for kids really that have disabilities, illnesses. Every day is a different holiday. Christmas or Halloween or something, they have free rides. They stay at this little townhouse every day. Drop off like gifts for the kids. So when we come back from the park, they have all kinds of stuff. Pretty cool. It's all based on volunteers, though. Awesome. Do you uh, do you find? You know, I I find a lot of. I don't know if I would call it wisdom. It's almost something seemingly higher than that. Uh, maybe the simplicity. Do you, you like the simplicity in what my, you know, my daughter is, she's pretty precocious. She actually has an incredible memory, uh, but her, her vocal skills make her sound like she's not that smart, you know, like, and, and you have to, it's kind of like a little kid where like the other little kids know what they're saying, or you're a mom, I, I think. And yeah, like you can, you understand what the kid's saying, but I guess what I'm, what I'm asking is, do you think that there's, do you think that they hold a lot of wisdom that that we don't maybe listen to? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. I think that whether they're verbal or not, like they see the world in a way that I think adults lose, lose sight of. You know, we always say, I'd love to let you the world, you know, the eyes of my child. But I guess we get older, we get so zero minded that we, we miss that big wonder. It makes kids so much wiser. Yeah. Uh, how do you think? How do you think we lose that? Do Do you think we we get wrapped up in being an adult, and adult is like needs to be serious, and we forget about you know those simplicity that 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 simplicity of life? Is that kind of maybe? I think so. I think we gain more responsibilities. We forget to live experientially. Uh, we look at kind of work and building, and we're trying to keep up with the Joneses that we forget what life is all about and kind of living that. It just comes with, <laughs> and then I I do believe reach a certain point you start to regress and say okay oh my gosh my life is almost over, I need to start doing some crazy things. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on there. I know I know I've always been a pretty serious person. Uh, I used to think that stoic was without emotion, and then I what I found as I dug more into the philosophy is that really it's. Uh, it's seeing our emotion. I mean, I think that, you know, my daughter, she just, she lives so much in the moment. Uh, she's not worried about her emotion. She's not, she just is there. Uh, you think there's something in that where like, there's almost a wisdom in, in being connected to your emotions. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I always say like, you know, we're always worried about what other people think. Other perceive us to be that we you know kind of lose sight of ourselves and i think that is one of the things you mentioned daughter like she just doesn't kind of fear she just sees in a different way um to me being in touch with your emotions and being able to understand that is high level yeah i i think that there's some wisdom in uh you know marcus wrote uh, meditations well he didn't actually write the book he it was a journal to himself and I kind of think of part of wisdom is is seeing our thoughts. Like, you know, like 
if you go, well, I'm thinking this, it's like, well, who's looking, who's looking at that thought? And that's really who you are. You, you think there's some wisdom in that in being able to see our thoughts and kind of helping us understand how our thoughts affect our emotions and like, oh, you know, the neighbors are doing this, they got the new car or whatever. And so I feel lesser, like you actually, the thought creates that emotion of, you know, disturbance in us. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think just the keeping up with the Joneses makes you feel, if you're able to step back and say, oh my gosh, okay, that's great that they got that car and I'm happy for those people, but I don't need this. I've got this, this and that to kind of like be a little bit higher. Same thing with giving too. I mean, a lot of people, some people give for notoriety and some people give just to give at different levels of how kind of look at it and say, this is what Yeah. You know, we, we were talking a little bit off air here, and I know we, we had a little bit of a time crunch. Uh, I, I was, it's so cool you have, uh, you have shift gears, it's kind of completely different subject, but uh, I was thinking about, as you were talking about it, you know, temperance, and that's one of the other tenets uh, in temperance is balance. Uh and it seems extreme with that new agent. You have your new agents come in and they do a thousand dials in a day. And that seems extreme. Mm-hmm. But do you think that by doing that, and I know we were talking about this, so I, I know we're on the same wavelength, but I kind of go on a little bit further with it. When you, when you do something extreme, does that like open up what that balance is? It's like, the balance isn't, oh, well, I made 50 calls yesterday, and if I make 25 today, at least I made 50. Like, when they make that 1,000, does it, like, expand? Does it expand them? Oh, without a doubt, because then, you know, they know they're supposed to make 100 calls a day or 250 calls a day. That's nothing if they've done a 1,000 calls. It also expands their mind where, you know, it's an achievement that most agents never do. Like, a 1,000 calls in one day and talking to people is a big deal. Um, especially for a brand new agent who's never sold a house or talked to somebody about real estate. Uh, but it gives them a level of confidence. It also gets them used to pre-taught them. They don't have a choice. They move to the next one. So they suddenly don't care about what other things calls. They just build in their business. That's awesome. Great leadership. How do you uh, how do you enroll them in that? I mean, I, I, you know, actually, I guess maybe I'll 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 ask you in a different way. You have somebody sitting right by their side, kind of. You you have a whole the group, and they're cheering them on, and you cater the lunch. Are they like sucking down Red Bulls at that? Like, <laughs> and, what are they doing? Yeah, actually, we currently have agents that have been with our team that are doing another thousand dials. So I think yesterday, Dale. Um, She's an uh, awesome woman who also holds down another job as an interior designer, but she did her thousand dial. She had cans of Pringles and, you know, some gummy bears. She goes, I might gain 20 pounds after doing this, but I'm going to get these dials. And I give her credit because halfway through our office, actually, the internet went down and she was on call 796. So we basically, hey, Dale, we'll give you the thousand. You're fine. She said no. She went home and she finished her dials. And our director of operations, uh, Josh Payton, who is kind of the mastermind behind a lot of this, hopped on Zoom with her and cheered for her on when she was office, finished all thousand dials. Wow. Yeah. That tenacity right there. So she 
she just didn't want to lose. Like she'd like, I've come so far, the marathon, the end is right there. And she just, she just couldn't let that. Yeah. She made that commitment and she was like, I'm so close. I'm not giving up on it. And this is her second 1000 dial day. So it's not like she hasn't achieved it before, but she committed to it. She goes, I want to win again. Man. How do you, how do you get those people geared up? Like, I mean, it takes a lot of courage to start that. Is, does it continue to take courage or does it just take like just sheer grit? Like, what is it like? You, you've done it. Have you done it? I am not physically called a thousand people. So. Oh man. <laughs> we might have to have like, uh, you know, you and I go, okay, like we'll get in there and get in the trenches. One of the things, you know, and I love about place, like I've got my, I roll my sleeves back up and I'm down, not up in my, my studio here. I'm down there with yep. them. Does that help them a lot? Like having those people by their oh, side? Having Josh next to him and helping with some scripts, you know, our agent on Tuesday, it was his first day I went out. He didn't know anything. He script, rehearsed it a little bit, and he plowed through, set up appointments, built his business on his first day as a real Man, that is awesome. Did he set a couple of appointments? He did. I think he set two appointments, and he got two listing leads that called back as well. Cool. I was like, that. And that's all circle. That's all circle prospecting, it's right? Prospecting. We also have um, a pond account within our um, CRM that some, they call that. But I think his his was one hundred percent circle prospecting. Wow. So, yeah, wow. it's a, and each agent is different. We had another um, agent, Samantha. She started it off on Monday, and she's been with us for a long time. But she has a giant database of people, and she knew she needed to connect. She's actually um, you know, a fundraiser for. She coincided. She just plowed her Awesome. Awesome. Well, I might be, I might be sending something through on messenger and challenging you and saying, all right, we're going to do this. We, we can't ask them to do it if we're not going to. Exactly. Do it. I will totally do it with you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. 